welcome again to Back to the Future Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie Back to the Future Part 2. One reunited minute at a time. I'm Nick Mendez in the news. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Michael Nixon. They let me back somehow. <laughs> yes, we did. Happy to have you. Oh, thank you. And today we are going back to minute 52, minute new 52, which, uh, <laughs> which no, no, hopefully, hopefully not like that, which starts well, it with... Does, it's, sorry, it's worth noting that the 52nd minute does begin and end with no. So if it is the new 52, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, which starts with a very kind of like, tell me, tell me right when this video file starts that Marty doesn't look so much like a Drew Struzan poster. Just oh yeah, kind of. Just his skin is gleaming, and he has that perfect kind of like vulnerable, it's frozen awe. terror. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can just picture just like oh, yeah. you know the, the calling or like night skies underneath, and ends with um, Marty getting some seriously heavy news from Doc. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, talk about this up front because it's one of the only differences in the paradox draft. So in the paradox draft, when he kneels down in front of the gravestone, the only thing he says is he says the date out loud and then says, "Oh God, no! Please, no! This can't be happening!" And then. Doc immediately says, I'm afraid it is. So it's really short. Um, <laughs> not so dra- drawn out like it is here. Mm. Uh, and it's re- watching this one minute at a time. Bits like this become a little too much for me, I think. Um, it's funny, though. I watched the whole film again for, for context before uh, sitting down to record. Um, mm-hmm. And... I think it works well to really anchor like a dramatic weight so they can go back and have wacky adventures. Spoilers. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, I, could, I can see one minute at a time. It's, they're really, they're hitting 85A in general pretty hard. Yeah. Very well, and this, just this bit where he's talking, like screaming to the heavens oh, yeah. out loud is just, uh, it goes on a little too long, I think. Also, um, and, 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 and not to sound... I. <laughs> it's gonna, it'd be it's gonna sound weird to say, but somehow the way Marty's reacting seems ingenuine to the relationship that he and George have that we know about, right? Yeah, like he's yeah, yeah. Honestly. I mean, to a certain extent, I guess he knows George. I mean, this is still the Marty who went back and sort of befriended his father in 1955 yeah. and got to know him for a couple of weeks and know him as a creepy, uh, weird coward. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> but he fixed him. Yeah, he, he fixed him. <laughs> he put a lot of work into his dad. Ah, oh, he's dead! Jesus All Christ. that work for nothing! He's <laughs> Canadian God, why? Oh, man. So he, he died at 35, is that right? Yeah, man. Man, that's rough. He's the age that Batman's always going to be. Well. Oh, boy. <laughs> Forever. Forever, um, man. Forever. Is it? Have you? I don't know if you guys have pointed this out already, but is it weird that people just keep saying full dates all the time? <laughs> yeah, no, it's for sure weird. I've never heard anyone. No one ever knows what day it is. Yeah, it's like, super weird. But I like I like how precise they are because mm-hmm. it's time travel. I don't. Like know. It's November eighteenth. Yeah. Everybody's 
Exactly. It's just it's, it's Back to the Future to me. Like like saying totally. the full date oh, yeah. feels like Back to the Future yeah. to me. It's kind of like it's how someone saying someone is a really good pilot is like such a Star Wars thing to say. <laughs> I have a bad feeling about this. <laughs> oh man, I am um, absolutely head over heels in love with Einstein. Also standing dramatically in yes. the shadow of the of the DeLorean. The use yeah. of Einstein in this movie is really phenomenal. I'll be totally it's, honest. It's 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 actually it's arguably the strongest parts of this movie so far is the usage of Einstein. He's just he's, he's just one of the guys. Yeah. yeah, and they throw to him for stuff. Yeah, that's like in, in a few minutes we'll we'll get there. But but like mm-hmm. Einstein is regularly thrown the dog equivalent of a line. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, which is pretty cool. Yeah, uh, I. There's something that I absolutely love about Doc wearing his goofy train set, like Hawaiian shirt, <laughs> um, with the khakis and everything, with just a black duster. Oh, but it. so badass! <laughs> because he's in, because he's in, you know, the darkest timeline. So he's like, got to get out the black duster. No, it's easy. Like it, this go. is, yeah. <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> I need to blend yeah. in. Yeah, it just it makes me very happy. I uh, need to become he's something morning. else. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's oh, morning. Oh, Rick, basically. Rick. Um, this is his twelfth Doctor outfit. This is closer to like a ninth Doctor outfit with a simple duster. That's true. That is true. Anyway. Although, although the ninth Doctor would never be uh, caught dead in that whatever the other part of the outfit. That's is. true. <laughs> yeah, no, just just the jacket, really. <laughs> that would be a good doctor outfit, though, like a Hawaiian shirt and then a duster over it. Yeah, not the exposed T-shirt, though. No, well, that's 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 quintessentially Doc. That's a bit. That always it always bothered me when Ten would expose his T-shirt. I was like, oh, it's one of those episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Every time it comes up, I'm just like, oh, oh boy. put on a tie. What are you doing, <laughs> uh, Henley? What are you doing, Ten? I think this is a freaking hippie commune. <laughs> oh man um oh before we leave the graveyard is it why is the font on 15 different <laughs> the font of the entire gravestone is really consistent and then just the 15 on march 15 1973 is turbo seraphy there is one craftsman who is like from 1989 who's like in his 60s now and he is so pissed off Sorry, that guy. Like, I mean, I knew someone would know. Amazing, but Damn like, it. the 15 looks like he went to a Michaels and got some stick-on <laughs> numbers. Yeah, it's that really is weird. really weird. It's it like not made of stone. It, it, it looks like something well, you like tape on your fridge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, speaking wow. of which, the wind guy also inconsistent in this scene. And the yeah, shadows on the grave, the place. tight <laughs> hair in the cuts, turbo wind. It's a lot of wind. It is a lot of wind. What what is that that he's uh what what is Doc parked next to? Is that just the gate, the entrance? Let me see. Yeah, I think it's just the gate. Okay, and then that is like the whatever that plant is across the street. Yeah, whatever that's generating. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I like the idea that he just rammed the front with the DeLorean to open the gates. Whoops. 
Well, yeah. he's, he's had some time to be here, too, because uh, in true now he's Rick fashion, his logic was just like, heard your dad was dead, so I figured I'd wait near his grave. <laughs> do, do, do. Hey, Marty. Yeah, I, I kind of want there to be like an open cooler, like near the DeLorean. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just flew into a sixer. Hey, buddy, I heard your daddy was dead. Have two of these beers. Marty, 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 hey, middle light, Marty, middle time, Marty, come on. <laughs> I was going to... Pour one out for I was going to tell, tell you where his gravestone was, but it was really entertaining watching you uh, uh, walk around like an <laughs> idiot. Around, <laughs> your head off, Marty. It's in the M's. <laughs> oh, daddy. I love the idea of an alphabetical cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the There's saddest library. Really dark about that. Just, it's, yeah, he's got just the darkest card catalog. It's the world's <laughs> saddest library. I'm looking for a D. oh man speaking Uh, of speaking of speaking of really dark uh do we want to start talking about the hill valley telegraph headline yeah oh yes so i feel like it's easy to it's easy to miss the most offensive thing about this headline when you're just watching the movie straight through but i want to know all about the uh this is the headline quote. I feel like a sh- I feel like a shitty Tonight Show host right now. This is a telegram from the Daily. This is a headline from the Hill Valley <laughs> Telegraph. It's real. Uh, All right, Let's wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> Indians continue wounded knee occupation. Subheadline: South Dakota standoff in 16th day. What the Sam Hill's going on in wounded knee? <laughs> <laughs> they uh they're 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 occupying wounded knee and they are not uh known as uh native americans yet i feel like i feel it is like, a dark alternate timeline that's true but but i also i feel like it is meant to be a foreshadowing of part three there is so much of that in this damn movie yeah i feel oh like it's God. supposed to be another one of those moments and mm. and you know being in 1989 and 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 innocent as far as all like uh, social consciousness is concerned sure. they don't understand that that's not a great headline to be using um yeah they're occupying that foreign land they're not from hmm i have follow up yeah. questions also i just feel like that would that would be the headline why is george mcfly murdered like it it, 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 it's like when Kennedy got shot. It's like in big bowl, and I get it. Like I totally, I totally get. It. This is totally me being like an obnoxious, like CinemaSins guy right now. But like, it, it's just weird that it's like the main headline. Well, it, it, it's not to me because like Indians continue wounded knee occupation isn't Hill Valley continue. news. Well, that's very true. That's very, very true. It isn't like the first day George that it McFly happened. being murdered. It, the sub headline is local author shot dead. Um, so it's more about the fact that he's from Hill Valley. Okay, and, and and I guess like they never specify like how successful George George became as an author. So it could be like you know like if if like Carper Lee died or if like Beverly Cleary died, I'm sure like that hometown would like write it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Although I I can say, I mean I don't know how Biff having the almanac would have changed the fact that. Uh, George's first novel is published in 1985. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he wasn't even an author yet, and and because no. they, they made a big deal of that being his first book, right? Hmm. So, 
I, I at best he was doing short stories or or perhaps uh, academic books. Um, yeah, but I don't know. If, yeah, yeah, because you couldn't be an author if you just like you have to write books to be an author, right? So it couldn't be like you know like uh, like Harlan Ellison, you know, like writing for his like Star Trek or Twilight, Zone. right? Yeah, so he would have to be. He, although that being said, I don't know that a newspaper would like a, a Hill Valley newspaper would really care. I Twilight think Zone writer longer. dead at thirty five. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I imagine he probably wrote like academic textbooks, like that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Stuff about Thetans. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, new Watergate revelations, guys. Um. <laughs> I, I, I somehow in my heart, a voice inside of me told me that Biff in this timeline, Biff was involved in Watergate. Absolutely. Mm hmm. I think so. There's there 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 are photos in Biff's office of him with Nixon, like thumbs up. Oh yeah, yeah. They're in the Biff Museum. <laughs> <laughs> he gave him the nickname Tricky Dick. <laughs> Give me a Tricky I Dick. Like, I feel like Nixon wouldn't have liked Biff though. Nixon was oddly yeah, Nixon religious. Was yeah, and he was yeah. he was a Mormon or something. No, uh, he was very, but he was very devout. It was a whole whatever thing. he was, he was very devout. For being vaguely evil, he also really liked God. <laughs> yeah, I'm the, sure he's the first the, uh, person to have those two things in common. Yeah, just him. The, uh, Not a pattern. Uh, going back a few, going back a few seconds, uh, there's the that last shot of the tombstone with their shadows, with Marty and Doc's shadows, like talking. It's to a each great other. shot. I wrote, uh, yeah, I put that in my notes too. It's gorgeous. It, it is, a, it is a really great shot. But I don't, I don't understand the meaning of the shot. I guess, like, other than just looking cool, I'm not sure what it's accomplishing exactly. Great cinematography. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not a reason. Sometimes artistry is its own reward, my friend. <laughs> and also, they'd set up all the damn lights to get the one shot of Doc coming in for, uh, coming in from behind Marty. Why not I did like that. You know, it really is a shame that Zemeckis never got to direct a comic book movie. I don't think he wants to. I know. I, I, I just in, in this, I would have loved to him to make a comic book movie before those had so many rules. Mm. Like in like Batman, you know, like how Tim Burton kind of just got to do whatever he wanted with 89 Batman. Right. Like, cause well, like I so mean, many, he was supposed to direct the flash. Remember? Yeah, I would have loved that because so many of these panels in this I see I panels in this movie like remind me of great like Steve Ditko like you know Jack King Kirby you know what I mean like there's such an energy and optimism to every shot that I would love to see what yeah. he would do to like uh, all, you know like like imagine Bob Zemeckis that Greystone shot's got a uh, got a Frank Miller Daredevil kind totally. of vibe. Like imagine mm-hmm. Bob Zemeckis shooting Clark Kent trying to get to work at, to the Daily Planet in the morning, you know? Oh yeah, it'd be great. Him taking on really Zemeckis taking on any fictional DC city would be fantastic because the world that that he and Gale built up in, in with Hill Valley is like so rich. I could only imagine what like his central mm-hmm. city or his metropolis would. And it would have to be DC, right? Like it, it would only it just yeah. it's so perfect. Yeah, yeah, he would I don't think he would work as well with Marvel. It'd just be New York. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, right, totally. So, um Yeah. Oh, I think we've buried the lead. Uh we find out Biff's a real monster. He doesn't support local libraries. Yeah, he closed the library. Oh, Biff. Don't be a dick, Biff. 
Doc Reed had to break book. in and steal some newspapers. <laughs> just to figure out what's going on. I, I like that they boarded it up and just left everything inside. Like they just <laughs> <laughs> You see like a skeleton in a suit. Yeah. No other like, libraries need any of that stuff. Just leave it in there and board up the building. Who cares? You, you see like a skeleton with like a copy of Christine. Yeah. No. <laughs> we don't need the. I mean, uh, Biff uh, Biff owns a realty company. For Christ's sake, you'd think he'd want the land or something. Bulldoze it or no? Just leave something. it. But he doesn't do anything with it. He just closes. Let it, it up wither and, and die. It. He's like half a Trump. He hasn't really gotten the whole deal finished yet. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> mid Trump. I want to. I don't. I don't want to get rid of the library. I want to know that the library is there and that no one is using it. I want to walk past it every day and and draw dicks on the door. Libraries. I want to walk past there every morning <laughs> and I want to draw little wangs on it on the door. <laughs> oh man. Uh. Yeah. And uh, and then and then Marty says it's like we're in hell or something, or something. No. And then Doc starts or to something. disagree, but we don't know where uh, the line ends. Right. No. Um. And then uh, in the '67 draft, uh, what happens is basically Marty makes his way to he's 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 trying to I don't think he knows what he's doing, but he's just trying. He knows the people are following him, and so he's trying to get away, and he goes to. Uh, Lone Pine Mall, which now is a Bifco Mall. Um, so uh, Bifco, Lone Pine Mall, where uh, 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 police start following him. So he ducks around and then he goes to Courthouse Square and then he sees that it's it's the Courthouse Square that we see in the movie. Um, not uh, sans bikers. I think it's, it's mostly like there's nothing going on. It's just uh, adult bookstores, porno theaters. That sort of thing, um, and then uh, and then the clock tower in this version has been replaced by a billboard for Biff's Paradise Hotel with a digital clock built into it, uh, and the slogan "It's time for fun." <laughs> sure, yeah. There's something a bit more imposing about "Welcome bikers," but okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's time for well, fun. Well, in this version, the the yeah, in this version of the script, they're not they're not trying not to reuse the clock tower. So instead, they've created this mythology around a hospital that closes, and the hospital is what has been turned into the hotel. Um, it was so, it had like an emotional attachment uh, to George and Lorraine. Yeah, right. Yeah, it was it was the George McFly Hotel. I remember from the minute I listened to. Okay. Yeah the oh, the thanks. George George McFly Memorial Hospital. Yeah. Yes. Oh, sorry, hotel, hospital. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Thirteen um, years ago, and then George Marty hears a dog a barking spring. and starts running because this dog is chasing him. <laughs> um, and then uh, so this dog is is chasing Marty, uh, and Marty's running from this dog, and the dog is in the shadows, and he's terrified. And then the dog leaps out and attacks Marty, and then starts licking his face, and you realize it's Einstein. Oh, buddy. Yeah. Like you could ever mistake Einstein then, for another dog. <laughs> I know. It'd be really hard. It would have been hard to shoot that and make him look imposing. Yeah, that big shaggy. <laughs> yes, it wouldn't be. Yeah. It's strange. Uh, and then Doc rushes over, uh, m- much like he does here. 
uh, except that he's not the one with the exposition. So he says, Marty, thank God I've been looking all over for you. We're in serious shit. And Marty says, so I've noticed. Doc's like, I can't understand it. I've been to the library poring over newspapers, magazines, trying to figure out what happened. The timeline has been upset, but I don't know what caused it. And Marty says, I do. And, uh, and then and then we nice. cut to another scene, which we'll go into tomorrow. But uh, yeah, so a uh, little, little different, a little different. Uh, but mm-hmm. that's all I got for this minute. Yeah, me too. Yep. All right. Well, if you'd like to visit our website, you're always free to go to DuelingGenre.com to keep the discussion going. We love hearing from you guys and reading your comments about the episode and theories and just, you know, weird thoughts. Uh, contact at BackToTheFutureMinute.com is how you can email us. We are going to be having a mailbag episode soon. And uh, reading people's emails is going to be a regular part of our Back to the Future No Roads edition, which I'll get to in a minute. Uh, tumble at us at BTTFMinute.tumblr.com. Tweet us at BTTF Minute. We love hearing from you guys on social media. Uh, like us on Facebook. Leave a review on iTunes, preferably five stars. And check out our other podcast, The Doctor's Companion. Uh, which we host with Cassandra Fredrickson and uh, cover classic and new episodes of Doctor Who, although there haven't been new episodes of Doctor Who for a long time now. Geek by Night is our original audio drama podcast that Scott and I produce, and we're so proud of it, and it's coming back in July, and it's better than ever, and I, I really hope you guys give it a listen and enjoy it. And uh, you can find out more about how to support us in all of these endeavors at duelinggenre.com slash support. And you can donate uh, like our Patreon associate producer, uh, Maester David Jeffries, Hand of the King, and uh, the one true heir to uh, the land of Westeros. <laughs> Keeper of the patrons. Keeper of the patrons. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll be back tomorrow. Okay. 53. Bye. All right.